0: The next 45 minutes of your life could change your tax bill forever as we talk about tax rebates that can reduce the cost of those super expensive GMC indemnity and exam fees, amongst other things, by up to 40%. If you've never claimed, this podcast will tell you how to do it. If you have claimed but not recently we'll tell you why you need to claim every year and if you've claimed already we'll tell you some commonly missed expenses that you can claim that we see doctors missing out on such as the CCT fee that you have to pay the GMC when you CCT. If you've done all of that congratulations and you've obviously downloaded our guide but tell some friends and help us on our mission to help all doctors. The Medics Money podcast helps doctors, dentists and other professionals make better financial decisions. Hosted by myself, Dr. Tommy Perkins, a GP.
1: And by me, Dr. Ed Cantillo, a GP, but also a Chartered Accountant and Chartered Tax Advisor.
0: This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute any form of advice and tax allowances and rates are subject to change. All right, so I am here with my colleague, Dr Ed Cantello. Hi mate, thanks for joining us today
1: and what are we doing today? So today we're going to be recovering tax-deductible expenses for doctors who are employed by the NHS. Given that we're coming up towards the end of the tax year, we thought it would be a good time to recover that.
0: As I recall, we recorded it in my garage, which was at that time full of sweaty wetsuits and surfboards.
1: And freezing. It was always freezing.
0: It was always cold, even though we recorded it in August. Yeah,
1: we're just lucky, I guess.
0: But today we're at your house and we're surrounded by cats and Apple hardware.
1: And cat paraphernalia, which they never use, of course. I think this is the first time we've ever recorded a podcast here.
0: Yeah, obviously we're going over something that we've been over before, but we thought it was super important to update this because there's still doctors out there who haven't claimed, despite our guide being downloaded now by over 32,000 doctors, which is amazing. So we thought we'd go over it, do a definitive guide, if you will.
1: Yeah, it's going to be more of a summary of what you can claim, how far back you can make your claim, and of course, how to make your claim if you haven't already. We do know that a lot of you guys would have... Made a claim before, and you would have listened to our other podcast, but we thought we would recover this ground because it's really important. Uh, And then finally, I think we're going to answer some of the many questions that we've received from listeners about tax rebates.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And anyone who's ever sent us in a question has helped to make things better for everybody. So thank you for doing that. And we're going to take some of the most common questions today. And obviously you can download our tax rebate guide, which is on our website. And I'll put the link in the description below. We also got some FAQs on our website. And when you download the guide, you also get a series of emails, which just helps you to to claim. So we're doing everything that we possibly can to get doctors to claim because the cost of exams and GMC fees are not getting any cheaper and super expensive, but you can reduce that cost by up to 40%, as we're going to hear. So, should we start with the basics and then get into the details?
1: Absolutely. Start that as well, of course, you would have seen in the news, etc. The, the cost of living is definitely going up, so anything you can do to reclaim some tax back is going to help. And we've also got some some tax trivia coming up for you, Tommy, because I know you like it when I include that, so I've got some of that for you as well. But yeah, let's uh, let's start, as we often do, with the basics which a lot of our listeners will know, but of course, some won't. So we'll keep the basics to a minimum, but just to start by saying that the tax year in the UK, as we all know, is a bit strange, seeing that it runs from the 6th of April each year until the 5th of April the following year. So at the time of recording this podcast, we are in the tax year that will end on the 5th of April 2022, or what we would call the 21-22 tax year. Okay, so for each tax year, the government will set out in advance the tax rates that will apply and the bands of income that they will apply to. They will also set out the personal allowance for the year, which is really important. That's the amount of taxed free income that most taxpayers are entitled to. We have said in the past that if you go over a certain amount of income, £100,000, that personal allowance does start to get clawed back. But for most of us, we will be getting that personal allowance. And currently, the personal allowance is £12,570. A lot of our listeners will be aware that the government have frozen this Until 2026, as a sneaky way to increase their tax revenues to pay for the debt accrued during the COVID pandemic, all part of the cost of living crisis that we're going through at the moment. The current rates of tax in the UK, aside from Scotland, are 20%, 40%, and 45%. They apply after the personal allowance has taken off. And in Scotland, the rates are different. There are more of them. Those rates are 19%, 20%, 21%, 41%, and 46%. So the Scottish Government have basically increased every rate by 1% and created two new tax rates, 19% and 21%.
0: Awesome. And we've got a podcast specific to Scotland, if you have a look. So check that one out. All right. So what are the employment expenses that doctors can claim against tax?
1: Expenses that are tax deductible against employment income, or your salary as a doctor, they basically fall into five categories. And we went through these in in podcast two. So there's a lot of detail in there. Okay, I'm not going to go over all of it again. But most importantly for doctors, professional fees or subscriptions paid to an organisation approved by HMRC should be tax deductible. Two other categories that are important for doctors include certain travel expenses and of course payment into an occupational pension scheme such as the NHS pension scheme. And you should automatically be getting tax relief on your pension contributions. You should see that that's the case on your monthly payslips. If you look at your monthly payslip, your gross income and your taxable income Shouldn't be the same thing because your pension is taken off your gross income to derive your taxable income. But going back to the professional subscriptions, HMRC have a list of approved organisations, and if you pay a professional subscription fee to one of those, you are entitled to a tax deduction against your employment earnings. So any annual subscription fees paid to the Royal Colleges, the GMC, the BMA, or the MDU or MPS, for example, these are all tax deductible. And CCT fees are also allowable, okay? So these these all these fees can be claimed against your employment income as a doctor.
0: And that CCT one is one that we see commonly missed. It's just not well known about. So if you used our guide, obviously it mentions it, so download the guide. But I've seen loads of doctors that don't blame that back. And I think it's £700 or something. I think
1: I paid about that last August when I became a GP.
0: £700 is so expensive.
1: It's quite a hit, really, so getting 40% of that back is definitely worth doing. The organisations that are eligible, they, these can be found on what's known as HMRC's List free, which you can find on the internet. But just bear in mind that the list is a bit odd, though, as those of you who use our guide will know. For example, there's no point looking on that list for the General Medical Council under G, it's actually found under M for Medical Council General. And don't look for any Royal College under the letter R because none of them are there. For the RCGP, you need to look under G for General Practitioners, comma Royal College of, and so on. So it's a little bit of a strange list, but they are there if you look for them. Almost
0: like they're trying to make it difficult for us to claim thousands of pounds of tax back for these super expensive... They don't really want to relinquish this money, to be honest, and they will need it for other things. Sorry, Rishi, but we are helping our colleagues out to claim this back because those exams and everything's super expensive and you can get up to 40% back. All right, so one thing that we get asked a lot and is covered in the guide again, what about training costs?
1: Yeah, so this is much more complicated because... Training costs don't fall into one of the specific categories for allowable expenses. So there are five categories, as I said. Training costs don't fall into these. So they fall into what's called the general rule, which a lot of you will know is very hard to meet the criteria for those. It's very strict. I'm not going to go over that again because that was a huge chunk of that podcast too. And let's cut to the chase here. Most continuing professional development, surprisingly, is not actually tax deductible. Okay. As I say, I won't go into the, the whys and wheres. We did it all that in podcast two. We've got a transcript of that podcast, which is going to be on our website, so you can check that out. I'm sure we can put a link somewhere in the podcast for that as well. The major exemption, though, is examination fees if they are part of a Royal College training contract as a junior doctor. And the only reason we have that exemption is that a doctor basically took HMIC to court and against all odds won their case. Because usually, and there have been many court cases where doctors tried to claim exam expenses and said, well, look, I have to do this expense, my job. HMIC have always taken them to court or vice versa. And the courts have always ruled in HMIC's favour because the legislation is worded so well that essentially nothing much is allowable if HMIC don't want it to be. But to the surprise of everyone, this court case, a dermatology registrar, Banerjee, they won their case. And ever since, HMRC, to their annoyance, have been forced to allow doctors to deduct their exam fees, and that includes resets, against their employment income for tax purposes. Just to add to that, any revision courses, those don't count as tax deductible. So the exam fees, resets, Certain associated costs like travel to the exam, for example, they all now are tax deductible, but revision courses aren't. We get asked that quite a lot. I think HMRC would see that as a final slap in the face if they had to give back the money for revision courses as well. So they wouldn't allow those.
0: Yeah, good to clarify that though. So Dr. Banerjee, if you're listening, we would absolutely love to have you on the podcast because it was their case that led to this. So thanks very much. All right. So we've talked a little bit about what we can claim, but often we get asked, what are the time limits for making a claim?
1: Yep. So based employees, you can claim for the previous four tax years as well as the current one. So at the time of this podcast, we are in the 2021 to 22 tax year. So you can basically claim for any allowable employment expenses that you incurred after the 6th of April 2017. And for those of you who haven't made a claim yet, that could really mean a significant amount of tax deductible expenses. If you think about every GMC fee you've paid each year, every Royal College fee, every qualifying exam and so on since the 6th of April 2017, that's really going to add up and if you can get 40% of that back, that's a real sizeable chunk of money that you're going to get.
0: Yeah, when you download the guide, as I said, we send you some emails to help you. And on one of the emails is a link to a survey where we ask you, was there anything that we could do better? And, you know, how could we improve the guide? But we also ask them how much they claimed. And I haven't worked it out recently, but I think the average amount was £1,245 at one stage. But the range, I think someone got up to six and a half grand back.
1: Wow, okay. Yeah, I've, I've definitely seen people that get three, £4,000 back. Six and a half, that's really good. Thanks for anyone who filled out that survey. Yeah, and that's really useful information for us. Absolutely. We mentioned at the start of the podcast, We're coming towards the end of the tax year. So the 5th of April is the last day of the current tax year, okay? After that date, so from the 6th of April, you'll no longer be able to claim any employment expenses between the 6th of April 2017. To the 5th of April 2018, okay? So if you've got a significant amount of expenses in that year and you haven't claimed, do that quickly before the tax year ends, okay?
0: And that's exactly why we're recording this podcast now. And if you think some of your friends haven't claimed, just tell them about it because the guide is totally free, super easy, and thousands of doctors are still missing out on this easy
1: win. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the next part of what we're going to say already, how do you make a claim? And as Tommy says, the easiest way is to set up a personal tax account and then make a claim via that personal tax account. And as Tommy said, if you want a step-by-step guide to making a claim this way, then please, please do head to our website. You you can download it for free. Hundreds, thousands of doctors have now done that. And it's a really good way to, to get some money back.
0: Yep. If you've already downloaded it several years ago, we update the guide every year and we'll roll out a new guide shortly after the start of the next tax year.
1: So just re-download the guide because a few things have changed. Re-download the guide. Uh, yeah, definitely get the new version each year because things change. Two other things to note on this point. If you already do a self-assessment tax return, then you need to make your claim on that return, okay? There's no point in Well, there was a, there's a point in downloading our guide because it's got loads of inf- useful information in it, but you can't make the claim via the personal tax account if you already do a self-assessment tax return, okay? You need to put all your employment expenses on that return, okay? Uh, And the other thing to note is that if you don't currently have to do a tax return and you use our guide and you use your personal tax account to make a claim, then if in any given tax year, the amount you want to claim exceeds 2,500 pounds, then HMRC will insist that you do a tax return for that year to make your claim. So if I had, let's say, four tax years worth of expenses to claim, three of which were for, let's say, Two thousand pounds, and then one of them was for three thousand pounds. Then I would need to do a tax return for the year in which the expenses totaled three thousand pounds, because that exceeds two thousand five hundred. But I could make a claim for all the other years, which were two thousand pounds each, via the personal tax account. Okay, so just because one year is over two thousand five hundred and you have to do a return for that, doesn't mean you have to do a return for any other year.
0: All of this you can do yourself, but if there was one thing that you might consider using an accountant for, it would possibly be that but we're also working on a solution for that as well maybe so for those of you who just need to do self-assessment to
1: claim the expenses right yeah absolutely we are working on that definitely but you might want to consider either getting an accountant or use our solution which will be coming hopefully down the line because it is quite easy sadly to make mistakes shall we say and end up getting fined so just be really careful
0: Okay, I'm actually way too out of proportion excited about what's coming next because when you first did your tax trivia, we had hardly any listeners and it was a bit of a lighthearted thing. And you talked about why Jaffa Cakes are the most tax-efficient biscuits ever and definitely we listened to that. And you talked about reeds and not candles or something or other.
1: A bit of tax, yeah, but I think the first podcast, too, I think was about why the tax year is rather than a calendar year end, etc. So, personally, just put that in there because I thought, well, that's quite interesting. Why on earth would it be the 6th of April to the 5th of April? Didn't really think much of it, but I think some people seem to quite enjoy.
0: We get so many emails and Twitter messages saying, When's the next tax trivia? So, the next tax trivia is right now, absolutely, because you're going to tell us about the link between tax and the burning of the Houses
1: of Parliament. Yeah, I thought this would be quite an interesting one. I'm afraid there's only so much tax trivia out there, so I'll do my best to think of more things, but, but this is certainly, I think, quite an interesting one, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. So, basically, around 1100, so quite a while ago, the king at the time, Henry I, introduced a system in medieval England called the tally stick systems. I'm sure you guys have all heard of tally marks. And he would only accept the tally stick system for taxes, and it was basically the tool... By which the government collected taxes using the local sheriffs and they did that for seven centuries and basically the way it worked is tally marks were made on sticks with the thickness of the cut equal in the monetary value so if you had a mark on that stick as thick as a palm of the hand that represented a thousand pounds whereas the breadth of a little finger represented a pound I think the breadth of a thumb represented 20 pounds, etc. So they used these marks to represent monetary value. And then they cut the stick. The were basically made the full width of the stick so that after splitting, the portion kept by the issuer exactly matched the piece given as a receipt. And then each stick had the details of the transaction written on it in ink to make a valid record. And this is uh, what we call the split tally system of the, the exchequer or the government that actually remained in continuous use all the way up until 1826. So that was how people in those days would pay their taxes and how they would claim a receipt. Now, the issue was that in 1834, tally sticks, basically representing six centuries worth of financial records, were stored in the Houses of Parliament. And things began to move away from tally sticks, more towards the paper, etc. So someone was ordered basically to burn them, to get rid of them. And when asked to burn them, The Clerk of Works of Parliament, I'm going to guess it's going to be heat in those days, thought that the two underfloor stoves in the basement of the House of Lords would be a safe and and great place to burn six centuries worth of tax records.
0: Genius. Eco-friendly. Recycling.
1: What could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? Let's find out. So uh, I think I've probably given away the punchline there. But on the 16th of October, some workmen arrived in the morning to carry out those instructions. During the afternoon, needless to say, visitors to the House of Lords became slightly puzzled by the heat up through the floor by the smoke that began to seep through it despite this the workmen just continued because they were doing a good job there the professionals and the premises were locked for the day but then sadly as you probably guessed by six o'clock the house of Lords was completely on fire very quickly the flames then spread to the rest of the palace of westminster the house of parliament both houses of parliament lords and commons were destroyed along with most of the other buildings on the site i think westminster hall that was that was saved largely due to really heroic firefighting efforts and luckily a change in the direction of the wind so westminster hall that if you ever visited there that's existed since before the fire, many, many centuries before the fire. Of course, subsequently, the House of Parliament were rebuilt, including a brand new, spanking new clock tower that would then go on to Howard's Big Ben, which we all know and love today. But that's why, or how, our way of administrating taxes in the UK, or especially in England, basically indirectly resulted in the burning down of the House of Parliament.
0: I don't know what to say. It's just so bizarre, but so genius, and so popular, you know? And absolutely nothing to do with claiming a tax rebate.
1: No, nothing at all. Luckily, you don't have to claim your tax rebates on tally sticks. You just need to download our guide and utilize your personal tax account. Much easier and unlikely to burn down the House of Parliament. So we hear from some
0: listeners who have kindly sent in some questions. Okay, question one.
2: Hey Maddox Money i'm an ophthalmology trainee who really appreciated your guide on claiming back tax for employment expenses i was wondering if you could help clarify something for me so i have about four years worth of expenses i could claim from hmrc these come to over 2500 over the course of four years i went onto the site and submitted the first couple of years as one submission but wasn't able to add any more for the following two years I know that it says you can only claim up to £2,500 per year in these kind of expenses. Although individually my claims would be less than £2,500 per tax year over the last four years, does this mean I have to wait until the new tax year in 2022 before I submit the rest of my claims even though they're retrospective? I don't want to simply open a second submission and find that both are rejected and I lose out on money because they think I've broken the rules. Thanks for your help.
1: OK, and what the revenue you're looking for is will each of these tax years, do any of them exceed 2,500? So if any of those tax years, the total amount of expenses claimed exceeds 2,500, then you need to let HMRC know. that The actual personal tax account won't even let you go any further for that tax year. You need to let HMRC know and do a tax return for that year only. If you're claiming over 2,500 over multiple years and no one year goes over 2,500 in total, then you won't have to do a tax return and you can submit all your claims via the personal tax account. So you don't need to wait until the next tax year. You should be able to claim all, all those years or four years using the same personal tax account, even if the total for those four years exceeds 2,500.
0: Nice. So just get it done. Get that money back in your account, not HMRC's account. Stop making charitable donations to HMRC. That's it, absolutely. They only waste it on another party at Downing Street or something. Cheese and wine parties. Business meetings,
1: you mean? Oh yeah, so, of, of
0: course. Allegedly. The next question is, I'm a junior doctor in the UK. I've got a question for Medics Money, and I'm sure there's quite a few other junior doctors out there in a similar position. When submitting your tax return, there is an option to declare more than a single employer for each tax year. Most junior doctors will move between trusts each August, and therefore have at least two separate employers for a given tax year. My question is, therefore, whether it's mandatory to declare both or all of your employers for a single tax year, even in the event of being able to fully attribute all of your incurred expenses, such as exam and subscription fees, to your employment with a single trust or employer.
1: Firstly, yes, you have to include separate employment pages for all the different employments that you had in the tax year. And it's really important that you do this because HMRC will almost certainly charge you a penalty for incorrectly filling out your tax return if you don't. And that's the sort of information that they just have automatically and they can easily check and they get extra money by charging you a So definitely include all employments that you had in each tax year.
0: Can I just clarify something here that is filling out a self-assessment himself, he's not using the super simple online form file our guide. Is that what we're saying?
1: Well it looks like it says he's submitting his first tax return. Yeah, Thanks that was well help.
0: I just wanted to clarify that. Because if your head is in a spin and you're thinking this sounds terribly complicated, it's not, just follow our guide. So there
1: could be loads of different reasons yeah. why he needs to I just to thought we clarify return. that yeah that's no that's a very good point. So If you do need to do a tax return, then definitely include all your separate employments in that tax return. It's really important that you do that. And when you include the employment expenses that you wish to deduct against your employment income, you need to work out when the expenses were paid and allocate them against the income of the job you're working at that time. So it sounds like in this case, all the fees could go against employer one. And that's fine. You put them all down against against that. If that's when you paid them and you're working for that employer at the time, that's great. If you have multiple employments and incurred fees at different times, and different employments, then you need to allocate them against the income of the job you are working at that time, which can be quite a faff. And to be honest, it won't make any difference whatsoever in the grand scheme of things. It's just that's the correct way of doing things.
0: Yeah, so that's a key point. It won't make any difference, will it? But you just got to do it. We, I say we, you are working on a guide to help those of you who
1: do need to do self-assessment, and that's coming soon. Yeah, yeah, when, when I can. But, uh, it's coming. It's coming.
0: Okay, nice. I was gonna say whether it's gonna be done by the next tax
1: year, but no promises. <laughs> but well, the next tax year technically is April, and it goes on for a whole year.
0: Keep an eye on your emails. We'll test it out there first. Okay, right. Let's hear from another of our listeners. So, hello team. I claimed the tax rebate using your guide, and HMRC asked me to pay one thousand pounds instead of giving me money back. Exclamation mark. Does this happen often? Very disappointed.
1: So, yes, this does happen, but no, it doesn't happen very often. Most people, as we've alluded to before, do get a tax rebate, Uh, and I'm sorry to hear that, that you didn't. There are a few things to say, though. So, firstly, if you owe HMRC tax, then they will at some point claim that back off you. So, just by doing our guide doesn't mean that you didn't already have that tax bill. You did owe that tax, if that is the case. And by filing that, expense claim it doesn't mean that you now have that tax bill that tax bill was always there okay and in fact although it won't sound like a silver lining if you just had a £1,000 tax bill the tax that you owe is still going to be lower than the tax bill that was waiting for you in the wings once HMIC has sent it to you because you've now claimed your expenses against your employment income so therefore that's reduced your tax bill overall okay if you owe tax it's usually for one of two reasons quite linked first of all your payroll department may not have been collecting the right amount of tax from your payslips and that that can happen as as our incomes each month fluctuate they may just not taken off the right amount but linked to this you may have been locum in and too little tax has been taken from your locum payments and that is fairly common so i would check what tax code appears on any locum payslips if that applies to you so i don't know if that does or not but if it does check your locum payslips you want to check that that payslip includes a tax code that really takes off Automatically say 40% to ensure that you're not underpaying. If they're not charging you any tax at all on your locum pay slips, for example, which can happen, then that's going to be wrong and you're going to owe the tax on that locum income. And then, really, the next thing to say or final thing to say is have HMRC actually made a mistake? Because that does happen. Have they allowed all the expenses that you've claimed for? Sometimes they don't give you a deduction for some of the expenses and you need to check if that's the case. A really common one is exam fees, and in particular, if acronyms are used. So, for example, a very common one recently was that GP trainees write that they paid X amount of pounds for the RCA instead of what that exam stands for. So HMRC would look at their list. They didn't see RCA on there. They would therefore not allow it. And therefore, a lot of doctors or a lot of GP trainees were not getting a tax deduction for that. So just check through what they've said in the reply to you. OK, they should have told you what they've allowed, what they've not allowed. The amount of claim should equal the amount you personally claimed. Just see if they made any errors and maybe hopefully, fingers crossed, they have.
0: Yeah, so I think the key points there are tax bill is lower than it would have been because he's claimed the expenses so far as we know. And although he's got the £1,000 bill, that bill is a lot lower than it would have been had he not claimed. So that's, I'm going to say, good news some news yeah yeah silver lining yeah and if you use our online method of claiming using hmrc software it largely overcomes the problems associated with medical acronyms plus doctor's handwriting which can be a problem if you claim on the paper form so that's why our guide advocates using the online system great next question if that's all right I only recently registered for self assessment and have submitted my tax return for 2020 to 21. I want to claim for subscriptions paid to the GMC from tax year 2016 to 17 and 2019 to 20. The HMRC penalty calculator is showing that I will have to pay £1,600 penalty per tax year if we file previous returns because we are late. The tax refund I will receive will be less than the penalty. This means it's not worth making a claim. Is my understanding about late filing penalties correct or do you know how to mitigate these penalties? Mate, you're the king of self-assessment and tax, formerly for high net worth individuals at PwC, but (laughs) now... Our colleagues.
1: So, okay, you should only be charged a penalty under the self assessment regime if you've not completed a tax return in time that HMRC have asked you to complete. So, if you've only just registered for self assessment, I'm assuming the HMRC hadn't told you that they wanted you to file a tax return for those years that you mentioned. Okay, so you mentioned 2016 17 through to 2019 20. So, you should be able to use your personal tax account to claim your GMC fee for those years and you shouldn't be charged any penalty. Although note, you're out of time to claim the 2016-17 tax year. So the other years, that's fine. You have a couple of months left to go, so you want to do that soon, okay? But yeah, you shouldn't be charged a penalty if you do that. If your expenses in any of these tax years was more than just the GMC fee and exceeded 2500 as we said, you then have to do a tax return for that tax year, but then you shouldn't be charged a penalty for this, okay? So they may give you a filing deadline once you've told them that you have to do a tax return for let's say 2018, 2019 tax year, and they may say, okay, fine, do a tax return. You have to do it within three months. And they may then charge your penalty if you miss that deadline. But they won't automatically charge your penalty if you need to complete a tax return for past years in order to claim employment expenses. Okay, so just to kind of make sure I summarise and clarify that, if any of our listeners find they want to make a claim for expenses of any of the last four tax years and they realise they have to do a tax return, you shouldn't be given a penalty For missing the normal self-assessment tax return deadline, which is usually the 31st of January, because this is counted separately or differently to the normal regime of case. You shouldn't charge any penalties if you have to do a tax return for previous tax years, if it's just to claim employment expenses.
0: Love it. Hope that helps. That was awesome. Download our guide from the website. Any parting words of wisdom?
1: Yeah. So if you haven't made a claim, definitely do it. If you haven't made a claim for expenses from the 6th of April 2017 to 2018, make sure you make that claim before the 5th of April, because otherwise you'll lose any expenses there. And don't burn wood underneath the House of Lords.
0: Yeah. Sage words. The only other thing I was gonna say is twenty-five thousand people a month now listening to this podcast, which is absolutely crazy considering we started episode two, in fact, that we referred to was as I said recorded in my garage with one microphone. But if everybody just told a couple of their friends at work when you're waiting for the ward round to start or when you're waiting for handover to start, just tell your colleagues, because we're all in this together. As Ed has said many times on this podcast, listen to the budget podcast if you want the details. Inflation is decreasing our wages in real terms dramatically at the moment medical exams don't seem to be getting any cheaper and the cost of training are not getting any cheaper so let's just do what we can to help each other it's super easy to do this the guide is step by step this podcast will help i'm going to link all of the other resources that we've got and let's just help as many of our colleagues uh, whether they be consultants gps or f1s to do this absolutely awesome i love it and i look forward to catching up with you all on the next podcast and if you like these podcasts don't forget to leave us a review a rating and of course subscribe so you don't miss any of the future podcasts and we'll see you on the next one take care thanks guys take care